0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, pure finesse with your hosts, Jacob Murchison and Malcolm Gobius are presenting to you the most controversial plays in sports history. Malcolm, what has the what made the credentials to make this list?
1: Well, um, I think you told me this best. Is it's not some of the worst blown calls. Um, it's these plays that. It could go either way, right? Um, we could go to one team or one individual or another. And there's a case for both sides. Uh, we don't want to just see these big plays where like the, the hand of God in Maradona, like that was a clear cut. He used his hand. It's not that controversial. Uh, we knew that he used his hand, but it was still called a goal. I think these, go- these plays are like, okay, maybe that was like, like, for example, football, maybe that was a catch. Maybe it wasn't. We don't know. I think that's the first one we have up. Um, if we want to talk about that, it's,
0: let's get right uh, into it here. The first play is the Dez Bryant catch. Malcolm, let's get right into it.
1: Yeah. The Dez Bryant catch, uh, in the NFC championship, Tony Romo throws a pass deep to Dez Bryant. Dez Bryant goes up to make the catch over the green Bay Packer and he comes down with it and it looks like it hits the ground, right? Um, hits the ground there, and I don't think he has possession the whole way, and I think that's what the refs were looking for, right?
0: Yeah, to to say the least, he did not – well, the referees deemed that he did not have full possession of the football when it came down to the ground, and the ground obviously cannot cause a fumble, so that would be deemed an incomplete pass or down at the two. Is that the football move, even, you know, that would be – in the process of the catch it needs to be two feet down and a football move and i guess lunging for the goal line for whatever reason was not deemed a football move and to say this game didn't mean much would be an understatement because this just happened to be in the 2014 nfc championship game to see who goes to the super bowl and, and something
1: similar that happened um, if a few years back. It was Vance McDonald getting a big big pass from Ben Roethlisberger in one of the last games of the year. It's almost the same thing, right? He was lunging forward, and the, uh, the ref said you can't be lunging forward, and you still don't have full possession of it, even though he wasn't touched or anything. He got the touchdown, but it was not called a touchdown. Same thing here. Um, you couldn't be lunging forward. I just don't think it's a catch. I think you agree with me. Uh, you don't think it's a catch, but we ask any Cowboys fan, and what are they saying?
0: Absolutely right. They're you know they're still wishing Des Bryant was throwing up the X and Big D still. Yeah. Uh, the next one on our list happens to come from baseball and the ever so famous Jeffrey Mayer reaching over the fence to give Jarek Jeter one of his better more more career highlights and it doesn't even mention his name in it and it just for this twelve year old kid reaching over the fence as you can see right here he really did <laughs> feeling a home run from the Baltimore Oriole outfielder. Derek Jeter was not a household name in 1996 before. And this is the ALCS, so right before the World Series. And this this is one of the plays that made Derek Jeter the household name he is today. And, you know, Jeffrey Mayer was 12 when this happened. And this is 25 years ago, this September coming up. And he would be 37 years old now. And I think most people know him now as this guy, as the kid, who made this play. Um, Should this have counted as a home run?
1: Uh, It it should count. It should have counted as a home run. I mean, it should have counted as uh, being out because it was interference, right? It was interference by a fan. The guy could have went up to make that play. Uh, Jeffrey Meyer reached over, completely took that opportunity away from the outfielder. And Derek Jeter just uh, launches his career into action right there.
0: Um, Now, this may be a stretch, but if yeah. the play was flipped, are we talking Jeffrey Meyer in the same terms we're talking about Steve Bartman? Yes, I think we are, honestly. This is, I mean, maybe may be a stretch. Uh, yeah. So, like, because, you, like, you what, know, the New York Yankees happen to win now just a couple more World Series after this in 1996. And I think maybe just a couple before 1996, <laughs> rather than the Cubs winning absolutely nothing. Yeah. Since 1908 and just won in 2016. So... And also, this kid is 12 years old, right? You're not going to fault the kid trying to get a baseball. Like, I'd be doing the same thing. Exactly. Like, like it, not-
1: That's where you can give him some leeway, right? He was just a kid. He probably knows now, like, hey, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But you're 12. You want a baseball. You're reaching for that baseball. Well,
0: I remember he getting interviewed the day this, 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 after the game was over. Like, oh, what did I do? I didn't think it was such a big deal. Yeah. Like, it, like come on. You're, you, you didn't even you're know. the kid some slack. But exactly. It could go either way, thinking if it was a home run or not. Yeah. Next play comes from the NFL, Malcolm. And this was the tumultuous fake referees with this play.
1: Yeah. And Russell Wilson throwing a deep pass into the end zone. And as you can see, it was a Hail Mary. It was to win the game, right? It was a do or die moment. And it looked like the green made Packer. He got up there, made that pick first. possession. Looks like he got like he first. it first. And like you told me this too. When it goes both ways, it would go to the defender. You're right. Right, so um, it clearly looked like the Green Bay Packers intercept this ball, and the fact that they're both the refs like you said, these <laughs> fake refs they didn't know what to call. They're saying, Oh, touchdown, oh, no touchdown, uh, interception, they didn't even know what to call. So, what, what, the, what do you think it should have been an interception,
0: too? Uh, 100% should have been an interception. One of yeah. those referees got it right, one of them did, and the other one, you know, can kick rocks. But yeah. if this should have happened in 2020, I don't know how like we never seen this clip once before ever in the year that was 2020. And it was the most 2020 thing that happened. And the fake refs, I remember, like, watching this over, it kind of makes you remind yourself of that actually happened, that they had replacement referees because the referees were on strike.
1: Yeah,
0: It impacted games like it this really one. Did. Like, I think with a, lot of people, a lot of us take referees for granted. Yeah. Honestly. Of what they have to call. But, you know, this may be – preluding into another part of the list we have coming up, but the refs have the hardest job in the business. They do. They do. So I don't think we give them enough credit for getting the right call every time, but we go back to Seattle for the opposite end of the spectrum. And this was the ever so famous first and goal call. And we know now this name, Malcolm Butler because of this, because before this Malcolm Butler was just another scrub playing for Bill Belichick. Exactly. Made his name. (laughs) on Nobody. this play right here in the Super Bowl and the biggest stage with less than a minute to win New England to Lombardi. An unbelievable play, but an unbelievable play call. Uh,
1: unbelievable with Marshawn Lynch
0: beast mode in the
1: backfield. I think you've probably heard this a million times if you've watched this clip, that they should have run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. You hear the commentator, commentators, you've got Marshawn Lynch in the backfield like one of the most dominant running backs in the league. And you don't run the ball, you throw the ball against uh, Bill Belichick defense. Don't like this New England's Patriots defense, Their secondary. They've been good. We know that. And not maybe nowadays because of what's been going on with no Tom Brady, but their secondary now. I mean, their secondary then was insane. And Malcolm Butler, they made a name for himself. He capitalized on poor Pete Carroll's play call. And all Marshawn Lynch could do was laugh because he was on the sideline. On the sideline. Not, not even in the laugh.
0: play. Not even in the play.
1: And but, you see Richard Sherman's reaction. like, Oh, yeah. His reaction is like, no, are you kidding me? Like,
0: <laughs> But now no one's going to talk about that unbelievable catch before by Jermaine Curse, who was not even in the league. Hold on, man. No. He is right all in the crease. Oh, uh, it still pains me to see this now rather than 20 years ago, which I can't believe it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Brett Hall in the crease, Dallas Stars, Buffalo Sabres, 1999, Stanley
1: Cup final. <sighs> they, they just implemented this rule, right? So they just put this rule in just for a couple It's not in this league anymore, but you weren't allowed to have your foot in the crease and touch the puck or like be in the crease and touch the puck. You can see here. There is blue underneath his skate, and he puts that puck in the net. And what was the outcome? What happened because of this?
0: Yeah, they happened to post that nice little Lord Stanley Cup. Yeah, after it, uh, yeah, a lot of people think that this should have been should not have been counted, and it, I think it's blatantly obvious. I'm saying that Brett Hall is in the crease, but like you said before, that maybe he raised his foot. Yeah, when he was shooting the puck in the net, so I yeah. deemed it a goal. But this is the Stanley Cup final. This is not your regular game in November. Um, And on regular years, I should say, (laughs) (laughs) a regular game in November. Um, So Brad Hall, you know, Dallas, that propelled them to a lot better things. You know, they won another cup in the 2000s. And like you said, they made the cup final this year in 2020. And Buffalo's never been back to the cup final. They came, they've had some really good teams in the 2000s, you know, made it to the Eastern Conference final last year, Ottawa Senators, Yeah, I remember but that. they've never been back. And a lot of Sabres fans just have this memory of being in the cup final. And it's just, it's the most Toronto Maple Leafs thing to happen to a Buffalo team.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, I feel bad for Buffalo because Dominic Hasek, one of my favorite goaltenders of all time, I think he deserved better if they were calling this stuff all year. They should have called it right then, too, in the biggest moment of the whole season.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, without a question. Our next one on our list is the Immaculate Reception, or should I say Immaculate Deception? Malcolm, since you're the Steelers fan, let should take care of this one.
1: Yeah, so Pittsburgh needed a touchdown, so you can down by one. Terry Bradshaw is rolling out, ducking uh, tackles. He throws it, and then Jack Tatum, he actually knocks that ball and knocks the player down, but Franco Harris comes in, swoops the ball up, the rookie, brings it to the house, and Pittsburgh gets the W. They get it, right? The question is, did the ball touch the ground? Obviously, me, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, no. I do not think it touched the ground. But others beg to differ because, like you said, we're still talking about this play uh, 50 years later, and we wouldn't be talking about this play if there was no doubt in people's mind that it didn't touch the ground or not, right? Right. And that's why this angle, like you said, is the best to kind of see it. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, it's pretty close. You know, he's crashing at the, the, uh, the nose of the football. Is it on the turf floor? Is it not? But it has stood the test of time since you said it came back in the 1970s. So I think if there was any sort of doubt towards it, that I think a lot of people would be having their you know, their minds swayed thinking that this was one of the best catches of all time. Yeah. And, you know, this play really propelled the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise because up until the 1970s, you know, they were kind of the stock of the NFL. They were dog water. To put things lightly. <laughs> and then, you know, like you said, Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, Lynn Swan, Stallworth, Mean Joe, Mel Blunt. Those guys changed the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise for the better, and we now know them now as one of the biggest powerhouses in NFL today. Yeah. So the Immaculate reception had a lot of, a lot of uh, downfall and uprising for both teams. Yeah. And it's it's going to live in infamy for a long time, whether you <laughs> think it's a catch or not.
1: Just going to say this isn't the first time you see the Oakland Raiders on the wrong side of the stick in this uh, count. Yeah,
0: yeah. To put things <laughs> lightly. <laughs> This next oh, one coming from basketball in the 2002 Western Conference final. Sacramento Kings going up against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, and I guess the referees too, because there was some yeah. pretty suspicious, suspicious play calling going on in this Western Conference final matchup. Uh, Sacramento has been the laughing stock of the NBA for the better part of 20 years, the last 20 years. And the LA Lakers were dominant in the early 2000s. They went and won three straight NBA championships. At least. And I think the NBA wanted them to win a couple more. I think they did too. And
1: you got guys here fouling out in this game six where Sacramento could have taken the W and moved on to the uh, NBA finals. But I think Pollard there, he fouled out. I think Weber picked up his fifth right about here. You'll see this. He got this offensive charge. And um, you've told you've, you've talked about this Uh Back in the day, these calls, they shouldn't have been made, right? They wouldn't have been made in today's era with all these light calls and soft uh, referees. They'd be calling almost everything. But back then, they let these guys play. And to see these types of calls being made when they weren't being called all season long for many years is kind of ridiculous. It kind of makes you think, hey, maybe this is rigged. Maybe the NBA really does want the Lakers to win another few championships. And it just looks like that. I I know this one we just saw here. That one was clearly a foul. But there's a lot of other calls. And Sacramento was up one game. And they were up in this game with three minutes to go. And they lost because of all the bad calls and whatnot. So, yeah. The
0: Sacramento team was absolutely stacked. You know, Vlade Divac, Peja Stoyakovich, Mike Bibby, Jason White, Chocolate williams and Chris Weber. So, they, they gave the Lakers a good shot for the money. But, you know... I think people would rather see the, or the NBA as a whole, would rather like to see the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA finals rather than the second Round King. Yeah. Put it lightly. (laughs) Yes. Well, our next one on the list is coming from football and it is the music city miracle from the 1999 wild card round series between the Buffalo bills and Tennessee Titans. Uh, this, this a forward pass here, buddy, because a lot of people are thinking, yes,
1: Right here. You can see it. Hand it off. Where is he? The 20-yard line. There he is. He throws it back. Now, where is that ball? I think, okay, now I'm looking at it again and again and again. And I think that ball may be a little bit in front of that 20-yard line after seeing it for the millionth time in my life.
0: I was um, going to say, like, this is it's been pretty played on over the years.
1: Exactly. And, and after seeing that again and again and again, and just, every time I think I, that looks more and more like a forward pass. I don't want to believe it because, hey, I don't like the Bills that much, but they got they got the better than the stick here, and they have for many years in that era.
0: Yeah, World for, yeah, for a long up until 2018, they have not made the playoffs since this music music city miracle play. Yeah, I think you know Dyson here. I think didn't do himself very much favors by the way he caught the ball, having to come yeah. back for it. Exactly. Um, if he would have been, you know parallel to the player, but you know what? Maybe that's maybe that's why it's a backward pass. Maybe that's why. But I don't think he did himself much favors. Um and instant replay wasn't I don't think was it implemented. I don't think so. Or was as big as it is today. Yeah. And you could definitely see both sides of it here if you think it's backwards pass or not. Yeah. But this is obviously one of the biggest playoff plays of all time. And I think it'd be even more bigger if Tennessee would have won the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, it really would have been, but obviously they didn't. So
0: Keeps Buffalo fans happy. (laughs) Diehards. Our next play happens to come from baseball. And one of the best Kansas City Royal players of all time, George Brett, happens to be the president of baseball operations for Kansas City. Hits this home run. And uh, the umpires were a little suspicious of the woodwork he had. And there happened to be some pine tar on it. And what was his reaction, Malcolm, to what he thought would have been a called out play? So his teammate telling
1: him, hey, I think they're going to call you out because of the pine tar, right? You just cracked this thing 400 yards, right? You just boom, cracked it. It's over the fence. It's over the, the stanchion there. His uh, teammates like, hey, I think you get called out because the pine tar, he's like, are you kidding? If this gets called, he's like, if I get called out, I'm going to go kill one of those SOBs talking about the referees as they're debating whether or not they're going to call, call him out or not. And uh, like you said, um, looking at this again, right, it wasn't near, the pine tar wasn't near on his bat like where he would grip the bat, but was he touching it beforehand and then going back to grip it, Right. And w- maybe that's what he was doing. And that's what they're thinking. Hey, maybe he was like trying to throw us off. It's not really down here, but he's touching it and then going back down. So he gets up. Yeah, I was going
0: to say back in the day, there's such a thing as batting gloves. So, I exactly, mean, Exactly,
1: exactly. So it was kind of tough to hold on to that bat. Um, and then you see him come out here. One of the, like you say, one of the greatest reactions in all time to any call, uh, the six, six ref comes over. He's like where's where the guy Where's where's George you're out he's <laughs> he's livid being held back by two rests trying to not kill this massive referee that's insane
0: yeah it's definitely one of the best meltdowns in sports history for sure but did that does come with its, its its credit because we don't know if he was using the pine contract for what you said oh no it'll pull down and then a little stick you know who so knows? maybe he did in a subtle way but from this reaction I think there's no doubt that he was not planning on using Pine Tar that way
1: exactly it, I think it, like we, we discussed I think it was unjust that they called this home run back because like you said either way he cracked that ball over the fence there
0: yeah I, he, I don't think Pine Tar was bringing that one back exactly <laughs> but we are on to our last play and for obvious reasons we saved this one for last because for a lot of kids that are our age and maybe just a bit older, this play from the 2002 AFC Championship game between the Oakland Raiders and New England Patriots lives in infamy for this play right here. Charles Woodson, NFL Hall of Famer, laying on Tom Brady for once. Nice sack. Could have been, should have been a fumble, but the yeah. tuck will saved Tom Brady and the Patriots.
1: It really did save Tom Brady the Patriots, and I, we discussed again. They, he was talking uh, with Peyton Manning, saying, "Hey, yeah, that was a fumble. I thought that was over. I thought the game was over." Uh, he said, "I was bringing the ball down. I was not going to throw a pass. I was bring. You can see he was bringing that ball back down towards him, and that's a clear uh, strip and sack and fumble, and fumble recovery by the Oakland Raiders, and they got it called back." Tom Brady got some help by the refs once again, maybe one of the first times he did, but uh, it's nothing new. Nothing new for us in the in this generation. Absolutely we don't not. Really know.
0: So to explain the tuck rule, because you said it was, it's been taken out of the game in yeah. present day. Yeah. If you're bringing the ball forward, it is, and you lose control of the football, it is deemed an incomplete pass. Yeah. And you see in the clip that there's a bit of a pause from when Tom Brady gets it, tucks it into his tucks it in which hence is the tuck rule to make an incomplete pass exactly so, and he even and said he himself- saved his bacon exactly and, but like
1: you said Adam Vinatieri after that he came back and he nailed that two not one yeah.
0: two in the goals. snow
1: in the snow so to tie it and to win it um ridiculous so it was good to show off Adam, Adam Vinatieri his leg prove some uh, maybe his goat status as Bex, best kicker all time, in your opinion. Um, yeah. But it wouldn't have happened unless the refs got the right call, right? So they didn't get the right call. They got the wrong call. Yeah, yeah,
0: and you think of, like you said, immaculate reception too, what plays can do to franchises. Yeah, Oakland has never came back to an AFC championship game since. And mm-hmm. the only other season I can think of in present day before, after this play happened that the Raiders were somewhat decent team was in 2016 when Derek Carr was almost playing like an MVP quarterback. Yeah. Oh my Connor's God. Or his ACL and Connor cook. I want to say his name is quarterback in Michigan state came in and they just got pumped by the Houston Texans on Wild Card weekend. And that has really been the only good season. The Oakland Raiders have had since this play. Yeah. So, and the ref for this game, Walt Anderson, has not called an Oakland-slash-Las-Vegas Raiders game since. Has not stepped foot in Oakland, has not stepped foot in Vegas because he's going to get ridiculed.
1: He's more than ridiculed. He should look out behind his back because uh, I exactly bet there's something that
0: And you know, Tom, like, Tom Brady was not Tom Brady in 2002, and he's, he's. I think he's won four Super Bowls. He won a Super Bowl with this one, and I think he continued to win four more. So just one play, you see one play can hinder a lot of repercussions for all the wrong reasons. So that yeah. does it for our list of the best controversial plays in sports history. Malcolm, we'll be back this weekend to bring you the weekly recap, a little bit of the sports chasm action there with the graphics man. to bring that back for the weekly recap. Oh, wow. So until we see you next It's Jacob and Cole.